Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another glorious GDT Tuesday. I am your host, Cody Coster, with me from Chicago, Mr. John Spainhauer. John, how are you doing? I'm doing so well, Cody, and it is almost 85 degrees here in Chicago today. It's going to be one of our last beautiful, beautiful days of the year. So let's hurry up and just get through this GDT so we can get out there and enjoy what's left of the summer. That's right. Fall is right around the corner, my friend. Yes, sir. Well, speaking of the GDT, we had another positive global dairy trade this morning, up 2.0% as a whole index. As you had mentioned, that is the second high for a GDT in a row. Last week we were up 4.9%. This week we're up 2.0%. That is correct. This is the second higher auction result in the last two or in the last two auctions. So the last are two in a row here. So we definitely seem to have at the very least found stability down here on some of the international prices. And in fact, now we're we're getting a little bit of some green shoots out there that might be suggesting that the not only have we found uh, some stable ground, but maybe we can start to go higher a little bit. As a result of the GDT today, we had several changes, but the lead dog out here, if you will, was AMF was up 3.9%. Remember, that's a pretty small percentage of the GDT. Following behind that, though, was whole milk powder up 3.4%. And that's just another positive result for the whole milk powder contract. Last week it was up. So this is the second big movement for whole milk powder in a row, really coming off the bottom here. One of the things that we can say about whole milk powder is that late last week, there was a release that came out that said that the GDT, they were going to shorten up the amount of whole milk powder that was going to be on the exchange. And they were also going to lengthen up the amount of skim milk powder that was going to be for sale. So they took some whole milk powder off, put some skim milk powder on, and you say, why in the heck would they do that? As we've stated a few times on here, the synthetic whole milk powder was and likely still is synthetic whole milk powder was higher than whole milk powder. So it's gone on for uh, maybe uh, a bit too long there. And finally, you saw people say, well, you know what, why continue to make as much whole milk powder when we can put that milk into other higher value products? And as a result, today we saw whole milk powder go higher and some of the other products go a little bit lower, specifically skim milk powder. Skim milk powder was down 0.8% and came in, if we translate that back to dollars per pound, that's about a dollar sixty-one. On the cheddar side, though, kind of a big day for cheddar here, up 2% on the cheddar, and that's going to come in at an equivalent price of 233 And then finally, when we go to the butter side, just slightly down, 0.2%. Coming in today, though, on an 82% average, right around 237 on the butter side. So really just a slight change there. When we compare the regions, and I think this is an important thing to point out here, let's go to the skim milk powder side. We're at $1.56 here in the U.S. The EU is coming in starting the day here at $1.62, right around where New Zealand started. New Zealand ends up here at $1.61. So still about a five cent difference between the U.S. and the rest of the world. Not really a, a differential that I can say is too big or too small. When we go over to butter, the U.S. butter market in here roughly about 315. The EU came into the day at 308. And as I stated, the New Zealand price came in at 237. So right 
now the U.S. is officially the highest butter price in the world, and the New Zealand price found, you know, I don't know what you want to call negative 0.2%. I'll, I'll just call it stable. But where things really stick out over here is on the cheese side. And it's what we pointed out last week. Coming into today, the cheese market was down around the 208 area on average. The EU at 256, and finally New Zealand as I stated, end of the day at 233. So there was and still is a significant difference between the U.S. cheddar price or the U.S. cheese price and the rest of the world. Since we spoke last two weeks ago, I suppose, we've seen the U.S. cheddar market move on average, I think, between 35 to 40 cents. And if you remember correctly, we pointed out at that time that it felt like the U.S. was going to be experiencing some pretty big exports. And that was mainly due to that huge discount that the U.S. spot cheese and futures were trading at compared to the rest of the world. As time went on, we started getting some people in the international world suggesting, hey, there really are some pretty deep exports going off. And here we go. We rally 35 to 40 cents here on the cheese side. And you look at it and you say, is it done? The only thing I can say is probably not for two reasons. One, those contracts are typically long term in nature, you know, three months at least. And secondly, even if there are newer contracts to be cut, the U.S. is at 211, New Zealand at 233, and the EU at 256, there's still a price gap in there. And with the EU experiencing the problems that they're having, there's a likelihood that they, their price might be going up and there'll be more and more international buyers coming to the U.S. for product as opposed to the EU. Now, kind of transferring from the the prices here, John, one of the things that we've been talking about the past couple uh, GDT Tuesdays that we've had is China not being back as a buyer on the auction. And it seems relative to this auction that that is still the ongoing case, correct? You know, it's such a uh, such a coin toss in here, and I, I keep having to refer to it as the glass half empty or glass half full comparison. We just went higher two contracts or two auctions in a row, and we did that on you know I don't want to say non-existent Chinese um, purchasing, but very light Chinese purchasing. Well, how do we go higher on light Chinese purchasing? We had interest from places like Southeast Asia has been very strong. We had interest from the Middle East and that's been very strong. And you say, well, how does, you know, why are they suddenly going to New Zealand? And I think it really comes back down to some of the milk production problems that are that are taking place in the in Europe right now, as well as a little bit of hesitation to commit into Europe longer term, possibly with some of the energy issues that they're experiencing. So I think all of the buyers out there in the world have gone through enough supply chain problems that they're getting very, very smart at trying to head them off at the pass. And if they go and commit a lot of purchasing to Europe and Europe ultimately goes through an energy crisis and cuts them back, that's going to you know, create quite a problem. So I think they're starting to diversify a little bit more just in case. That puts uh, a lot of European type buyers or people that would normally buy out of Europe over into other regions. One of those regions is New Zealand. The other region is the US. And I think both are experiencing a lot of interest there. When it comes to China, China on this one up 6% versus last year. But last year at this time, you know, it was a relatively, you know, this was the trough, if you will. So to say, hey, China's back here, I have to say, well, 
they're here. There's no doubt about that. I can't take that away from the argument, but they're not here in that manner or style in which we would have seen them last year at this time. And I guess it just that always keeps me saying, you know, yes, we found some support here. Yes, we've grinded about 8% higher, maybe on whole milk powder over the course of the last few auctions. At the same point in time, it still doesn't give me that warm and fuzzy about actual international demand. So they're here, just not back in full force as we've seen them in the past partake. That's correct. And I I think you have to look at it through the lens of if they don't ever show back up, which I don't think is going to happen, but if they don't show back up, Yes, we have a world where the three major production regions are lower in milk production. You know, we have New Zealand lower, we have Europe lower, and the U.S. as of yesterday showed us that we're actually 1.7% higher or 1.6% higher year over year. So in a little bit of revision to the prior months, that's good starting to come out of that. But that's after, you know, six months of negative numbers here, right? So we've got a hole to dig out of. That milk supply, it, you know, the supply hole, if you will, is enough to keep us supported. But I don't know that it's enough in itself to make us go back to, you know, the highs that we were at earlier this year. Possibly it is. Don't don't get me wrong. I, I, I mean, it, it possibly is. But it just seems like in the absence of Chinese buying, it'll be tough to do. Now, let's go to a different side of the coin and say the Chinese come back in. And they need to start buying. I think that that's just rocket fuel on this market if that happens, because a lot of that slack, you know, product that might have been out there that the Chinese would scoop up is gone. And if they're come back in the market to go looking for product to go shopping, we could really see prices explode. So, again, uh, a positive result. No way around it. Exciting to see that two times in a row gives us something to talk about. But in the absence of Chinese demand, which I don't believe that this auction shows was here. Uh, it still leaves me in a, in, a, in a bit of a neutral standpoint. I, I think it's important to keep in mind, though, that I'm talking about being neutral at uh, very high prices. We're talking about being neutral at 2150 class three and 2460 class four. To be neutral at significantly high prices, I think, is quite a statement in itself. Many unknowns on the horizon just to, you know, kind of dig into in future global dairy trades, I guess. Yep. Awesome. Well, I guess besides uh, everything that we hit on, John, is there anything else that really stuck out in your mind for this auction specifically today? You know, we saw a reaction to the milk production report yesterday. Um, I think that was an important milk production report. Like I noted, there was a revision to the prior months. We went from 0.2 higher to 0.6. You know, that that really brought things back in line with what people were thinking at that time, if you remember. Uh, when it came in at 0.2 higher, that was, that was something that really, you know, signaled that, you know, we weren't growing yet. I don't know that a revision to 0.6 signals in itself that we're growing, but it's better. And then we saw 1.6% higher on this for the month of August. I think that is important. I think there's a few things to look at within that. August last year, you know, was a pretty rough month in terms of milk production. So we're finally starting to get back into those months of possibly easier comparables. So we'll probably see more things like that. But I I do believe we'll, we'll continue to see U.S. milk on the whole grow a little bit here. 
And honestly, the month of September's milk production might be a little bit rough just because of that hot, hot weather that we saw come through California. We'll see that if you remember, that wasn't in August, really. That was in the very first week of September. So we'll see how that translates over. But in the end, I think we're still in a world that probably doesn't have enough milk. And I don't know exactly what's going to change that right now. Matt Gould has been so good about saying, hey, the last seven years are going to look different than the next seven years. Right. And by that, you know, we would typically say these higher prices would immediately mean more milk production and that would lead to lower prices. I think that will ultimately happen. You know, there's nothing worse than somebody that says this time's different. But I think the dynamics of this time are different. Yes, we have very high prices, but we have very high input costs. And there's just a lot of structural issues that I think are going to make extreme milk production growth very difficult, namely European environmental restrictions. So while all that's going on, we might see some volatility up here at these historically high prices, but I just kind of see us supported at levels higher than where we normally would have been. And again, I think that goes back to it's just going to look different as we go through the next few years here until we get some of these structural issues figured out. Agreed. Well, John, as always, we, we appreciate your uh, professional insight on the global dairy trade. If anyone has any questions, comments, concerns, please feel free to get a hold of myself or John. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Give us about two weeks and we will be back with the next GDT Tuesday. But until then, everyone have a great week and we'll see you soon. Music.